What's good, listeners? I am Jesse, and you are officially listening to the first episode of The Loki Artist. Today, I am joined with the amazing new media artist, Tristan Sauer. Hello, everyone. Tristan is actually a graduate from TMU's new media program and a new media artist himself. And we're going to get right into the questions. All right, Tristan, introduce yourself and tell us exactly who you are as an artist and what you do. My name is Tristan Sauer. I'm a new media artist and curator, which means I basically work with anything that's sort of at the intersections of art and technology. I'm mainly interested in wearable tech at the moment. That's been my like primary focus. But I also experiment with a lot of 3D fabrication um, and pretty much anything with like interactive sensors, stuff that plays off the human body. And the other half of my practice outside of being an artist is a curator. So I also like to like put on exhibitions by people who work in similar fields as my own. Awesome. Speaking of exhibitions, you recently held your own gallery here nearby at 110 Bond Street. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So that was for a project uh, titled Your Life Matters, which is a series of wearable tech pieces I've been working on for the better part of, I'd say, about three years now. The idea was conceptualized in 2020, and then I received funding and kind of finished the project out in 2022 and presented in 2023. So yeah, as I mentioned, it was a series of wearable tech pieces that were designed to help protesters navigate police interactions. So they were all sort of designed in a way that like tackles different concerns that protesters might have when they're interacting with law enforcement. So things like tear gas and police brutality. It was framed to both like comment on the the hoops that protesters have to jump through to safely protest, but at the same time to critique intersections of capitalism and social justice culture and how capitalism also like often takes advantage of said cultures. And yeah, so I, I presented it with a with my collective black and brown with my uh, collective partner Mazier Gadari put on like a little pop up one night show over at 110 Bond, uh, which we also had an impromptu film set going on at the same time for an up and coming mockumentary series that we're working on, which is in the same universe as these pieces. And yeah, that's kind of the sum. Perfect. I really appreciate how you make sure all of your art has like a meaningful impact and really represents meaningful issues. <laughs> so you mentioned how this was basically a whole three year process in the making. Speaking of like processes and journeys overall, I wanted to hear about your personal journey, like how you started in the industry and how you got to where you are now. I don't know. I was honestly, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because it's been an interesting path but uh yeah like I don't know originally I, I never really felt like art was going to be where I ended up when I was uh, kind of starting out I was just sort of like figuring out where I wanted to be and then I stumbled into the program here at uh, TMU and kind of just fell in love with media arts and I don't know as soon as I got into it I knew it's what I wanted to do I was like a very ambitious student when I was in school so I I worked on our final year we had the option between doing a curatorial project and a artistic project and most people did one or the other and I decided to do both did that fell in love with both like parts of my practice and then graduated into the pandemic where there was pretty much nothing going on at the time because everyone was just at home. But I kind of took a apply for everything philosophy and just like put myself out there and tried to like get in grounds with as many opportunities as I possibly could. I reached out to a bunch of people who were working in the industry that I admired the work of um, and just asked them how they got to the stages that they were at, like what, what paths they went through, what opportunities they sucked, like seeked out um, and tried to replicate a lot of the success that those people had experienced in those same opportunities. Um, yeah, I got involved with some local collectives, the biggest one at, like at the beginning of my career being Long Winter, where I got to practice a lot of like 
both online and then in-person curatorial work with them. Um, and then just applying to a lot of like gallery open calls got me into some of my first ex like exhibition opportunities um, and led me towards like seeking out mentorship, which taught me a lot about the grant system. And that's really what allowed me to um, kind of take a more self-directed approach with my work once I was able to get funding for it um, and not operate within the confines of like what a gallery, what pre-existing gallery systems are looking for or like opportunities that came my way and instead being able to like craft my own opportunities and work on my own projects and, and put them up on my own, on my own terms, more or less. You kind of beat me to my next question there, <laughs> where it's basically just asking you what advice you have for others um, mm -hmm. also looking to excel in your industry. Um, you kind of touched on reaching out to people you already know in the industry and then also working with local collectives. Um, is there anything else that you'd offer as advice? Yeah, like I mentioned before, applying for everything. That's a big one. Um, just like if you see something that sounds cool and you're mildly interested in it, just go for it. I think that's like a big one. Seeking out mentorship, like finding people who have had that experience or have had like finding people who have had experiences that you want to have and then asking them how they got there and specifically targeting those kinds of people. Because if you, you know, if you can see that they're on the path that you want to be on, like who better to talk to, I think staying true to your, to your visions, um, is a big one. Like, just like, if, if you, if you believe in a project, like just seek it out and go through with it, uh, collaboration, work with your friends. That's always a big one. Like, like stick to your network and, and try to grow your own network. Uh, but like working within your network and helping each other grow collectively is, is really powerful. Um, networking in general is good. Like it's really not who you know, or it's not what you know, it's who you know a lot of the time. So like putting yourself out there and meeting people is, is like extremely impactful and will teach you a lot. I love to go to like art openings a lot. That's where I meet, uh, most of the people that I know through the art industry, I, I see at art openings. And so whenever there's a gallery that I know that people I know frequent, I'll go to the openings partially to see the art and then partially just to like catch up with the people in my community that I work with and, and want to work with. Um, being good at social media, uh, as much as I hate it, it is a, an unfortunate reality that it helps a lot. Um, and uh, understanding the grant system in, in, is for anyone who's really trying to get in on like, yeah, like making your own work, knowing how to apply for funding, knowing where to seek funding out, um, and knowing what those like government bodies look for when you're asking for money is extremely valuable because they're like the number one way to get anything that you want to do, like from an idea to actual reality. Absolutely. The funding is everything. Um, just in case people are wondering about specific, um, places they can, Google to look for funding. Did you have any like starters suggestions to suggest? For sure. Um, if you're an like if you're uh, an artist of any capacity, the there's three grant councils that you can really utilize in Toronto. There's the Toronto Arts Council, the Ontario Arts Council, and the Canada Arts Council. Those are probably the three biggest ones. Uh, they fund most uh, mediums of art. So if you're a filmmaker, if you're a musician, if you're a dancer, an actor. Um, if you make podcasts, anything in that realm, they have a stream that you can apply for to get money for. If you're a visual artist too, you paint, you draw, they have streams that you can apply for to get money. They have large pools of money that they like disseminate amongst groups of artists with rolling deadlines throughout the year. Um, and yeah, it's probably the most reliable way. When I, when I first started out, a good program that I applied for in the beginning was 
the bursary program at Artscape Daniel's Launchpad. I don't think there's any money involved in it, but they give you free access to like equipment and space, which is a really good, like is invaluable on its own. Um, there's always micro grants from like even the university here provides grants if you're in specific programs, like I'm in the design fabrication zone and they like give out grants uh, or are given grant opportunities at certain times. Um, there's organizations like Vibe Arts, where you can join their emerging artist roster. I'm a member of their roster. And they'll often give uh, exhibition opportunities, and they'll give you grants linked to those exhibition opportunities. Um, yeah, and honestly, if you there's a bunch of other orgs that do give out grants. I just find a lot of them through Instagram, mainly through like galleries that share those grants to their Instagram uh, stories. X-Space Cultural Center is a good one. They share a lot of Instagram stories with grant funding on them. So yeah, uh, keep your eyes on them. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was a perfect answer. Like I can already imagine in my head, like if I was doing little highlights for like Instagram or something, that's going to be so valuable for other artists. So thank you Absolutely. so much for sharing. <laughs> a major part of why I wanted to do this podcast and what I see the low-key artists standing for is representing people of color and sharing their stories. So I wanted to ask you um, if you wanted to share any experiences of how being a person of color yourself has impacted your experiences as an artist in your field. For sure. I think, like, I don't know. I think my my own, like, cultural background um, and, like, you know, uh, understanding of, of what it means to be a person of color and an artist of color in the city is like primarily impacted my, my, my practice more than anything. Like a lot of the work that I do is engaged with like the lived identity of being a person of color and, uh, like aims and a lot of the curatorial work I do or any collaborative work I do is aimed at like up, like uplifting the voices of people of color and emerging artists of color specifically who work in the city and trying to give them opportunities because it, you know, there's always barriers that are faced by artists of color, especially when you're, um, especially when you're emerging and you're really just trying to get your foot in the door to get those first like few like shots at something to put your name out there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed like trying to like provide new opportunities to, um, emerging artists of color. Like, like I mentioned, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of my work engages with those like topics. Um, like I think it's like, one of my biggest sources of inspiration has just been trying to like, um, like detail the lived, ex like the lived black experience through my work. Um, and like also what it's like to be black online and, and, um, or like interactions that blackness and technology have with each other and how like we as a collective society, uh, engage with that or ignore that or, um, try to like understand and better that as we move into digital futures. Um, so yeah, that's been a big influence on me for sure. Yeah. I think that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And my last question for you is about the future. So looking ahead, do you have any plans? Um, any, I don't know, galleries or exp exhibitions? I know you just closed <laughs> one, so it's a little annoying to ask that, but, um, what are you looking, when you look into the future, what do you see for yourself? For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, I, d I did, I closed off this, like the Your Life Matters project recently, which was really big, um, and, and took a lot of work and a lot of time. And so right now I'm, I'm trying to rest a little bit, which I think like is another good piece of advice for artists, you know, don't, don't work yourself into a grave. It's important to, to rest in between projects because you got to regain your, 
your creative flow and, and give your brain time to just like think of new ideas. Um, but I think I'm taking right now, I'm, I'm kind of pivoting into focusing more on the curatorial side of my practice. So I'm seeking funding right now for this online gallery I run called Symbiosing Gallery. And I'm trying to get some funding so that I can do bigger projects on there and give back to like emerging media artists in Toronto and try to get them to like do work on, on the platform or exhibit work on the platform. Um, and up until now, I've been doing that as like a on a very like volunteer, like grassroots, just me kind of basis. But hopefully with the funding, I can give like Carfax ready fees to people um, and like really pay people for their time and the work that they're putting on the platform. Um, continuing to just like apply for more curatorial and exhibition opportunities. I recently submitted my work to Nuit Blanche. So I'm fingers crossed on that because that's something I've been eyeing out for a while. And I've seen a few of my like friends and mentors um, exhibit in the festival and, um, yeah, it's a, a milestone on my list, something on my bucket list I want to check off. Um, yeah, just uh, continuing to work on, on new stuff, exploring some new ideas. Um, nothing concrete at the moment, but things that are, are brewing and bubbling and will hopefully come to the surface. Um, and then really just trying to take the Your Life Matters project um, and find a more long-term home for it. So, like, we did that pop-up exhibition. People came. They saw the wearables. They saw the work. We're working on um, filming this, like, video portion of it now and hoping to have, like, a screening presented for it at some point. Um, and then I'm just hoping to get the project into some exhibition spaces, into some galleries, maybe into some shows. Um, yeah, and just get some more eyes on it, you know, get it the attention it deserves, and then move on to some other stuff. Well, wonderful. Well, we're speaking it into existence right now that your work is going to be in, is going to get accepted into Nuit Blanche. So we're looking forward to that. <laughs> and I love to hear that you're really trying to give back to the community. That is all the time that we have left for our official first episode of the Loki Artists. Tristan, I just want to thank you so much for coming out and being our first guest and dealing with my technical issues, getting this all set up. I really appreciate your time. And if you really quickly just want to shout yourself out how other listeners can reach you if they want to. Well, thank you for having me as well. I'm honored to be the first guest on The Low Key Artist. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, if you want to keep up with me or my work, uh, you can follow me at sour underscore Tristan on Instagram, which is S-A-U-E-R underscore T-R-I-S-T-A-N. Or you can check my website, uh, which is uh, www.tristansour.com, spelled the same way. Uh, that's where I post all my stuff. Uh, come out to one of my shows sometime. And yeah, thank you, Jesse. Great. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of The Low-Key Artist. We will see you next time with our next artist. Have a good one.